Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, a very special Cheltenham preview. We have got Ross Miller over from France, especially. We've got TC. We join you here in the studio. We're really looking forward to previewing the best four days of jumps action that the world will see. Last year, we found a few winners, good few winners, but I think we're coming into this year's podcast in pretty good form. Our regular Saturday afternoon podcasts have been going very well and we hope... We hope we have found some exciting horses for you for the week ahead. A very quick word on the special Cheltenham offer. The new SBK customers can get £20 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always apply. But we've done our homework. We're going to get on with it. We're going to begin with Tuesday and the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Always run at a fast pace. Always a great betting heat. But I think this year, as wide open as we've seen in a good few years, it's likely to have a big field and be competitive. And I feel like, TC, I'll start with you first, a bit more like the 2020 renewal, where we saw a great clash between Shishkin and Abacadabras. There's not much separating a lot of these horses, but you have always been a long, long, long-term fan of Fasal Vega. Can he come back from what was essentially... An absolute blowout last time at the Dublin Racing Festival. Yes, in short. Let's start with a strong opinion. Yeah, I really think Fasal Vega is the horse to beat in the Supreme. I know people are going to be doubting him because, you know, last time at the Dublin Racing Festival, he didn't show the same kind of pizzazz that he showed prior to that when he won the champion bumper, when he won over hurdles at the start mm. of the season. However, he returned lame. The tactics were wrong anyway. They went far too hard from the outset. There were viable excuses for a blow part, uh, performance there. If he gets back to the form prior to that effort, why wouldn't he win this race? He would be 8-13, 4-7 if you won at Dublin Racing Festival. Right now you're getting 5-2. I think that's a great price. So Fasal Vega has been shorter than this, as you said, earlier on in the season and has come, has come drifted out. A reaction to that to that run, as we'd, as we'd imagine. Your opinion is too bad to be true and and he'll come back to his best. Willie Mullins, obviously a genius, Ross. We know what he's like, but he's got plenty of horses in this race. What do you feel? Too bad to be true? Was that, is this a horse that can bring back his A game? Was there something here that can beat him? I think it's definitely that it was too bad to be true last time. I think TC is right with that. But it's how they repair him. And I think they're going to hold him up. As they did in, to win the bumper last year. And it's how they rode him all last year. And then this year he's, he's made the running. And I think he could just be like one of those tents you get. You know, they're neatly packaged in a bag. Once you get them out, they're hard to get back in. And I mm. don't see that it's going to be easy just to teach him second, as you say, in a big field. Marine National, again, it's a big field for him that worries me. Lacking experience, as does his clearly very talented jockey, but big runner field around Cheltenham opening day. I wonder about the nerves. I tipped up Ete Tomp at the, the start of the year as my novice herder to follow. Julie Batten for the Ballymore, so I think I can see how that's going to go. But <laughs> he clearly is seen as being inferior to Fasal Vega. So just one at a big price. So I think you need to travel. I think you need to stay a strong leader, Ollie Murphy's horse. He's been doing it in low-grade contests, but doing it very nicely. He's a really strong traveller. He looked to finish powerfully at Aintree last time. Whether he can take the step up in grade is a guess, but he's about 25 to 1. He jumping is, is, is coming along. I think he'd be ridden to pick up the pieces, perhaps. And he'll be travelling, turning in, and it's then what he does up the hill. But in a race where I struggle to pick my way through the top of the market, I'll go bigger price. We'll probably have the same discussion throughout the course of this podcast, but do you feel that the Irish horses this year, these novice selections, are as strong as they've been over the last couple of years? Obviously, Constitution Hill was a bit of a, 
a special case last year, but you think strong leader with the UK form can can really step up to the mark of the Irish? <laughs> well, uh, the Irish have definitely got the best horse and they've definitely got the best form. I just hope, you know, like everything, you're always going to get a couple of outliers. I think this is a smart horse. Um, Ollie Murphy and his father do buy nice horses. They, you know, they don't go exactly toe to toe at the sales, mm. but they, they give it a good swing. And I think he's a nice looking animal. He's done it well so far. So yeah, I'll take a chance. Okay. So strong leader at a, a nice double figure price for more than each way selection for Ross. Marie National, you mentioned him. I really like him. I'm going to, he's going to be my selection. Experience wise, just the two runs. I suppose the, the break is possibly the question mark where's he been why have they kept him at home they, I know this has always been the plan but I think it's a real classic case I'd love to get your thoughts after as well that if he was trained by anyone else he'd be short price favorite for this race he would be but if he was trained by anyone else and we're probably talking Willie Mullins he wouldn't have been put away after a royal bond and coming for this so I just it's a brave shout and we have to believe that he is better on better ground. Trainers mm. telling us that, but his standout piece of form was on soft ground. And that alone is not good enough to win this race. He's going to have to step forward. Yeah, as they all will. They all will. And with a Fasal Vega with questions to answer, it makes it a good competitive betting heat. I'm going to throw out Diverge as well, uh, the son of Frankel, who could be a bit of a freak. I don't take a lot of these previews with the trainers that seriously but sometimes there are words that some of the trainers say that you think okay and Willie Mullins said that he could be something a bit special and not many horses win their maidens in the way that he did by 23 lengths so I just I, I quite like that he, but he could be a horse for the future but I think he's one to keep an eye on in this in this race and the confidence Willie Mullins has for him to to bring him here anyway so Diverge and um, uh, Marie National for me um, strong leader for Ross and um, Vassal Vega for TC as we move from one novice race to the next it's the novice chase obviously the Arkle chase it's the next race that we're going to focus on and we have had a horse in this race that's just been the ultimate kind of Arkle horse all year, John Bond. He's unbeaten over fences. He's with the right connections. He's in the right colours. He's also related to the right horse in the shape of Duvan being his full brother. He's won this race before. But El Fabiolo's really thrown his, his hat into the ring. And Ross, arguably, I feel El Fabiolo, his win at Leperstown, a slightly higher achievement than than what John Bond has done. I know he's only got to run with against the horses he put against him, but that Irish Arkle, spectacular. It was an amazing race, wasn't it? They went hard from the outset, and you could say that it compromised Dysart, Dino, and appreciate it. But Alfie Abelou wasn't sat off them and picking up pieces. You know, he was right there from the start. Um, he's got a huge engine. The form ties in from Aintree last year. That was Alfie Abelou's, I think, second hurdle start. John Bond had a bit more experience. But John Bond was coming out to Cheltenham and sometimes run a bit flat. So I think I think they're really close. John Bond is the better jumper. He's mm. the most reliable jumper. He's got scope. He's got exuberance, but he's very intelligent as well. Al Fabiola has got a mistake in him for certain. The whiteboards, Willie's been out with his whitewash at home and put in a whole new schooling mm. ground. But you cannot replicate championship novice pace at home. So of the two, I'd come down on John Bond. But... The more I look at it, I'm going back to my old friend Dysart Dynamo because this is an easier trip on the sharper old course at Cheltenham. Um, Danny Mullins has had a had a proper go on him now, and I just wonder whether he might find the flooring porter breather somewhere coming down the hill just to fill his lungs and go again. He's a really good jumper. He's looked he's looked better 
uh, over fence. He's not been quite so wild. Um, I was pretty disappointed after the Irish article. And then once I dried my tears, I thought about it again. And I could just see this is a different test. Mm. Maybe uh, Nico and uh, Aiden, sorry, and uh, Paul Tanner play cat and mouse and Danny can just slip off into the distance and they won't catch him. It's actually a point about jockeys. Do you think that Daryl Jacob won't be on El Fabiolo then and it will be a Paul Tanner man? We know that it's quite political there with uh, who Willie Mullins can choose. Does he choose? Does the I, owners choose? I think my understanding is that Daryl rides all the double greens mm-hmm. unless Willie says that he wants Paul Town and on. And I, and I think Willie will say he wants Paul Town and on, and, and that's the way it will go. And and I would think Paul knows the horse better than, than Daryl because he's at home, you know, every day of the week. So it mm. makes sense to me. Paul's okay. also ridden him three times, Daryl just once. So I would agree with Paul's the best option here. Yeah, because Paul obviously chose Appreciate It in the Irish Arkle, yeah. who is, you know, he's his price has drifted out. And I think that the common understanding or sort of thought around him at this stage is that he's just a little bit past it at the age of nine. And the, the younger legs of these other horses will will play into their strengths. Obviously, Dice at Dynamo, he's got that Indeso style, doesn't he? He's quite, mm. he's exuberant. He's a lovely horse to watch. I, I tipped him for the Irish Arkle. I was a bit disappointed. I still think he's a bit of a work in progress, but I can see where this might bring out the best in him. I just think that the, there are two horses at the top here that they're ready-made for this race. It is very difficult to split both of them. And I'd imagine that's probably where one of them you're leaning towards. Yeah, well, John Bon is the selection. Uh, I don't want to shut Ross down here, but I don't, see, do Dice Dynamo. I don't <laughs> see Dice Art Dynamo as a player. Um, I was with him in the Supreme last year and I've given up on him since then because he was cooked, in my opinion. John Bon was going to beat him by a considerable margin. Constitution Hill, obviously would have been in by even further. Um, so I think John Bourne will confirm that form with Dice at Dynamo. John Bourne's also beaten El Fabiolo. El Fabiolo's only lost once under rules. That came at entry. John Bourne won that race. And I think that track would have suited El Fabiolo better than it would have suited John Bourne. If John Bourne wasn't visually unimpressive against Calico, he would be even money. Yeah. And in the January podcast, in an Antipos Chatham podcast we did, I said he'll be even money on the day. I'm going to revise it to five to four now. I think he'll go a five to four favourite. He's 13 to eight right now. I think he's the best horse in the race, and I think he wins, John Bond. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. I think we're I think that that's done us done us as tipping this horse a bit of good. Him being visually unimpressive and just essentially winning a two horse race in very gritty hard work style. The thing is, though, with like he was visually unimpressive, but there were reasons for why he was unimpressive. It wasn't because he was necessarily underperforming. Maybe mm. he did underperform, underperform but it, that wasn't the actual reason. It was that the, the fences in the back straight of Warwick come quick and they come in succession. If you lose momentum over one of them, it takes a lot of rousting to get the horse back up to full gear. Calico was given a phenomenal ride, yeah. like a, a 100% brilliant A-plus ride. He attacked the fences, he gained an advantage, yet John Bond still managed to beat him and, you know, Calico's subsequently boosted the form, exactly. albeit in a much weaker race. Um, I think he was valued for much more than the winning margin that day. Yeah, I just, it, the tactical affairs, and he's only literally been had to do what these races have given him whereas when we're going to see a bigger race a better race will bring out a better jumble and that's what i think i think the one thing about el fabiolo he's never been to cheltenham either never seen him there he's obviously missed it last year as you say about the track and the fact that john bond's been there yes he got beaten by the freak that is constitution hill but we know that he 
he will go okay around there. So I'm yeah. with the I'm with the UTC. Very confident about John Bond, um, and he's the one that I'm most looking forward to seeing um, on the first day, and uh, probably just second to the the horse we'll talk say, about next. That's a big shout. Yes, a big shout. the horse we're talking about, the key to my heart. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the champion hurdle next, but quick uh, rundown on the the selections for the Arkle. So TC and I for John Bond, Dyson Dynamo for uh, for Ross, and um, we'll keep we're going to do selections for all of these feature races we've also got obviously our handicaps um as well but the feature races are, are the ones that we're gonna we're gonna focus on but we will talk about our selection for some of the handicaps at the end of each pod right champion hurdle okay this it, it as racing fans this is what we want this is what we want to see when it comes to the Cheltenham festival um constitution hill has been nothing but flawless um we can wax lyrical all day um there's not much more to say ross is there we just hope that he delivers we know that there are shocks at cheltenham every year there is it would be an almighty shock if he gets beaten yeah it's one of my pet annoyances when people say this horse is a certainty because there is nothing certain about horses other than the mm. fact they are an uncertain animal um <laughs> he's the best horse i've seen in my lifetime i'm convinced of that he'll win this in a canter if he gets there in a one form and horses are horses you know the best trainer in the world last year took shishkin to cheltenham thought he was a one and after three fences it was pretty apparent to everyone that, that he wasn't mm. but this is a super horse he jumps he relaxes he's everything you want in a racehorse um i think he'll win it i was toying with ideas of Vauban each way. I'm not going to have a penny on the race. I'm going to sit back and watch a really good horse under a really jo good jockey, trained by a master, do its thing, I hope. Yeah, what do you usually like? A cake, a bit of tea? Maybe get all the champagne, no, I, especially? I, I would, no, I would just sit and I can't multitask. I'm a man. So I, <laughs> I can watch or I can eat. So I just yeah, look, it's, it's, it's so many fair points. Um, he's only a six-year-old. That's what makes it so exciting. And he's in a champion hurdle off the back of what's just been, it's been mouth-watering, hasn't it? And it's fabulous to have a racing. But yes, you are right. You've got to you know, remember that these are horses. They've got to turn up. Everything's got to go right on the on, on, on the day. But it seems like it's been quite a seamless entry into the champion hurdle. He's obviously got a great rival and state man, but it's his mind. It's the way that he can just race in any way that Nico de Boinville wants to do with him that makes him so unbeatable. Yeah, he's very versatile. We've got the class to win this race. He's uh, probably going to be one of the best champion hurdle winners, fingers crossed, that we've seen in the last however many years. Um, a slightly trivial statement, but a Constitution Hill fan account on Twitter followed me last night, so maybe that's a sign as well. Um, <laughs> I will also be watching this as a neutral. I think Constitution Hill just wins, but he's a short price. Uh, Stickman's a worthy opponent, we'll say mm. that. He's, he deserves to be in the race, and if Constitution Hill wasn't in this year's champion hurdle, he'd be a short price favourite, um, but I think he's no match. Yeah, you've got to sit back and enjoy him, really, don't you? It's it's good, though. I was worried at one point that we were going to have three or four runners, yeah. that nothing was going to turn up. It's good, though, that it looks like we're going to get a nice enough field without being anything mad. Um, and fair play to the Tristan Davises. They're very happy to go for it. This horse, I like to move it, the Greatwood winner, who, who bolted up last time at Wincanton. He's a great horse to have in the race. And I think at around 16 to 1, to chase him home, that's that's, that's not a bad bet, is it? Not but, for each way thieves. The each yeah. way thieves out there looking for the third place, maybe even second if one underperforms. But, um, um... I'm happy to be a thief just, <laughs> just for one day. But I, I, look, I again, I don't think it's really a betting race, is it? But it is good, very good for racing that we've got a good field that are happy 
happy to give it a go and also say that they were there they were part of it <laughs> if it does become uh, one of the races that will go down in a bit of history so that's the champion hurdle not really a betting contest but something that we all as racing fans can just enjoy right we'll move on um to the mayor's hurdle and with still some time to go until we know exactly who's going to line up, this is a little bit unclear. We know Honeysuckle definitely goes, but then the rest, the next couple, Marie's Rock and Epitant, who's yet to be supplemented, they're the ones that can really change the shape of this race, Ross. So what are you thinking at this stage? What would you like to see happen? Well, I really hope Epitant is supplemented. Um, I think it's a really nice little race. Echoes in mm. Rain would be the selection if this was over two miles, but it's not. And I just think she's going to be too keen not going to stay. She's a talented mare. Love Envoy, I think, needs soft ground. She's, again, a, a really nice mare. But, and these mares wouldn't be bought by these big operations if there wasn't a mare's programme. So people that knock these races have to bear in mind that these mares come through the mare's programme and then they go into open company. Okay, Honeysuckle's dodging the open company, coming back to mares. But I think it's been a great a great initiative. Um, Honeysuckle, I, I just think she's looking a weak finisher now. I know she's won over two and a half, mm. but I think she's got quicker as she's got older. And I think her that bottom line stamina is not where it was. I think Epiton's an absolute knockout bet in this. I, not far off her single best piece of form. Bear in mind, she's champion hurdle winner, was entry last year. I mean, mm. look like she jumped yeah. in at the last. She powered away. I know she was then beaten by Marie's Rock at Punchestown, but she's struggled with her back. And I would imagine that she's a fairly difficult horse to put back together after a run you know, the muscle strains, just little niggles. And I think she probably was just below her best at, at Punchestown. Comes here fresh. She's definitely going to stay up the hill. I hope they, hope they supplement her. But I think she's going to take a hell of a lot of beating here. Yeah, I think she's a horse that Nikki Henderson doesn't get enough credit for because I don't think she's easy. I was actually at the Kempton um, schooling, um, schooling morning, Gallup morning last week, and I... I listened to her in her box before she got tape brought out. She was kicking the place down. She's an absolute wire, like wired to the moon type of horse. And she takes a lot of working out. And I think they've done a very, very good job with her. She's just a little bit fizzy. Um, but when she's good, she's really, really, really good. And I think she's just been unlucky to have Constitution Hill in her, in her barn and also in the races that she's running. Absolutely. I mean, it was a couple of years back that, you know, Nikki Henson was in the, in the paddock at Kempton when they were in a race horse gallop and had, had noticed she was swishing her tail and had wondered whether she was bound to her back. And that was prior to a couple of below par mm. runs. You know, it's this attention to detail that perhaps doesn't get noticed enough by mainstream media. And you're absolutely right. The job they do with these so tightly wound mm. thoroughbreds, particularly the mares, is, is incredible. Yeah, it is. Been saying that I'm not actually going to select her, but I do love her. <laughs> I, th I just I'm not sure where she's going to go. They're still thinking about the champion hurdle. Obviously, this is this is a race that, which you know it'd be it'd be a slightly easier option, but they're still mulling up uh, up their ideas. With all that said, TC, they've got in the in the yard another very good horse in the shape of Mary's York. She's been a bit of a revelation, and I don't think we've seen the best of her yet. No, I don't either. She won this race last year. We can't forget that. She's got proven course form. She was really good last time out, despite being keen earlier in the mm. race. I, I, this race, I'm going to take very tentatively as a punter, I have to say. Maybe I'll sit it out, but, you know, sitting out an hour, two races back to back, <laughs> it's That's hard. hard. Gamble responsibly, but that is difficult. Um, so maybe I will have a play on Marie's Rock. If she does run here, there, she's entered elsewhere. Um, but she's probably the strongest up the hill, I reckon. If, if there's a fight, mm -hmm. if there's a head-to-head -head battle, I want her, even though she's keen in the early stages of her races. There are just big question marks about the others. I mean, Epiton, one, will she run? 
uh, two. And then I, I don't really think she's as good as she was. I think she's good enough to win. But I think if Marie's Rock is improving, then maybe they're well matched. Yeah. You've got Honeysuckle, who's definitely not as good as she was. Um, Mar- uh, Brandy Love can't jump. Yeah. It's just an absolute shambles. She's yeah. got the talent to win, but I wouldn't want to back her. Love Envoy, I don't think it's good enough. Uh, Echoes and Rain doesn't stay and will be too far back. Um, and I don't know, Marie's Rocks just seems the solid option. Maybe Epiton is if she runs, but I'll take Marie's Rock at this stage. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a tricky one because we also don't know if Marie's Rock is going to go here or the stairs, and I, I really like it for both, I, regardless. But she's just one that that's just really come into her own she's mm. thriving whereas as you say epiton she's probably had her peak moments and she still runs very very well but i just think that marie's rock has just got just a slight edge so i'm with you um if she turns up here so big sort of we're still sort of uncertain at this stage with with her um with their targets um so we'll go on to the national hunt chase the next one because we do know targets for this race um we've also on our um, we've had lots of different Cheltenham specials um we're looking at the novice chase looking at novice hurdlers looking at the championship division and there is there is just one horse that we've all agreed on <laughs> and it's actually quite scary because we don't know what we're going to say and then so this magic happens but because of that and the podcast's gone off the price for mr coffee has crashed it's gone it's the worst kept secret racing um he has been our selection for the for this national hunt novices chase at the end of the day on at cheltenham is he still your section, Ross? No, not, not, <laughs> not at the prices. Um, I wouldn't worry that he was beaten last time. I don't think that was, they were particularly fussed to get beaten. I think no. it was a yeah. getting to know you, getting to like you uh, round. Um, I've actually done a full 360. So my first anti I can't believe this, actually, by the way. I, I can't believe it. I, <laughs> I was surprised you haven't said it before. Who are you? I, I, <laughs> in fact, Gaia de Manil was my first, one of my only early anti-post bets for this race. And then through the season, I think it was TC put me off. Like I, I start, you know, wasn't all that keen. And then you actually look at the runners. He hasn't even got a run to his best to win this. Um, he's head and shoulders above this lot. Patrick Mullins in amateur races, having a good amateur is worth plenty. Uh, Patrick would be one of the best there is, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not exciting. And at the price he is, you know, maybe it's another race to to sit back and watch that that'd be three in a row <laughs> yeah um, that's not why we're shooting everyone's you know, tuning I, in <laughs> I, I, I think you know he takes all the beating in this uh, mr coffee at a big price i think well the nuts we've done well there but not at the price he's at now i don't think he's just not quite reliable enough and he's not of the class of guy dominion yeah, he has probably halved in price. I think it, what we had, we were talking about 20 to 1. 25. 25 to 1. Yeah. And what he's about he, 9 to 1 now. Yeah. So I think there are, at the, and I would, I, I would imagine you probably think the same because there are a lot of seconds to his name. He's mm. just, you, I, I do get a little bit tentative around horses that just can't do it enough. And it's been a, too much of a bridesmaid. But again, they're, they're just the, they're the, a team that will get him spot on for the big occasion. Uh, he ran very well here last year. But yes, the prices the prices just ruined it at this stage. But are you still going to keep them, keep them on size? Well, I have to because I'm no. opposing Guy de Manil and I don't much like any of the others. Actually, I've backed three in the race. And I think I said that I backed three in the race when we recorded the Antipose back in February, Jan. So I kind of have to stick to the three. I can't go four or five. That's just a bit too ambitious for me. Um, Mr. Coffee, yeah, the price is gone, but he's not my le- leading my trio right now. He ran in the Kimio last year, finished second, mm. as you said. Only ran three times since. Ran in the top and didn't handle the fences. So you just put a line through that. And then his two subs efforts finished second both times wasn't fit on his reappearance 
wasn't asked for maximum effort last time out but Derek O'Connor who's one of the leading riders yeah um, good looking very good looking yeah, yeah my other two selections are Chemical Energy who I'm pretty cool on now to be honest I don't really like him his jumping's gone a bit mm. skew if Ross mentioned that back in the Antipost pod so he was right there um, and the other's Tenzing who's another horse that can't jump very well uh, but he's <laughs> definitely got the ability to feature yeah. but if Gaia Domino wins this race I lose that's it Okay, fine. Well, that's it. it's us against. I can't believe we're saying this, but us be Ross. <laughs> it won't be the same for the Traitor. rest of the pod. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it. very odd. Anyway, look, Mr. Coffee, we have been with, but yeah, as you say, price gone a bit. Sometimes this race can cut up. Mm. It was a very small, small field last year. There's, there's 23 at this stage. Plenty of got different selections that could change the the whole setup of this race as well. How much pace is around? Who's going to stay? It just that's my kind of concern about it. It's, it's a race that could do a being reviewed, actually, couldn't it? Like penalties mm. for graded wins or something, because you get a horse like this scaring everyone off because yeah. he, he is effectively well in, if, you know, if you get him adrift. Yeah, totally. Um, they have changed it, haven't they, with the distance and so forth. So I think they're just trying to trying to solve a problem which is maybe bigger than, than what they've already tried to do. Okay, um, that's the main look at all the sort of the feature races for day one, but we're going to obviously um, give the guys an opportunity to uh, give their handicap selections at this stage. We've got the weights now. Um, we I think there are, again, a lot of horses doubly, triply entered, but the races that uh, we know have a we have a bit more guidance on we're gonna um we're gonna have some selections as well and i think the ultima uh, the third race from day one is by far always one of the best betting races of the week and i think we know about horses that are definitely going to go go to them so we're going to get a if there if there is a rate if there is a selection in here from either tc or ross we're going to go for that but we've also got the likes of the boodles as well so i'll start with utc anything from any of the handicaps on day one unfortunately not which is not what people want to hear but this is a marathon not a sprint Cheltenham. Mm. day one as i said i'm going to miss a couple of races including the champion hurdle i take it slow got a few decent bets elsewhere however there will be tips uh shameless, shameless plug here by the way there's the camera uh yeah. for uh, all the selections on the day there will be a selection for the ultima and the boodles but right now I'll leave it. Okay. And there's plenty of uh, handicaps to come for the rest of the week as well. So I think we respect that. We do, TC. I, Ross is Ross is going to have something for somewhere. This is where you excel in. So what, what have you got for us? Right. I've got a, a, a short list that interests me. Um, largely revolving around John Joe O'Neill, actually. He's got three entered. Iron Bridge, who I don't think will run. I think they'll want plenty of rain for him. Monbeg mm. Genius and Kurseren. Now, Monbeg Genius has gone up £8. Um, he's got £5 for beating Stormy Flight. Stormy Flight came out and absolutely hosed up the next time, and he's got £3 stood in his box. Um, but he was really impressive at Chepstow. And mm. all the way up the home straight at Chepstow, John Joanneal Jr. kept taking him back, taking him back. He was valued for much more than the, the margin he won by there because he only popped the last couple. Um, I think he's a really nice horse. Just whether he's got the experience to go into a big field like this, he's running fairly mm. small fields would be a concern. And then Kurseren, he's John's other one, who won at Newbury, didn't get put up. Um, he's still on 140. That was quite an impressive win. And I don't think lining up the plan was to to win. I think the race kind of fell their way. It was only sort of turning in that John Joe thought I can go and win this. Mm. And coming to the last, he was in a battle. And then at the line, he was eight lengths clear. At the bend down the back, he was 12 lengths clear. He looks like he's a really thorough stayer. Um, so I like him. And then the other one that just has got the smell of a clock job is fast or slow. Been running over two miles in graded chases, getting hopelessly outpaced. But was uh, second in the Coral Cup last year for 141. Mm. You've got to, you know, two miles to, to this trip is is a big 
step up, but he wasn't stopping in the Coral Cup over hurdles. Um, I always think you get a bit further over fences and you get over hurdles. Um, mark of 141, he didn't get thumped by the Irish tax, just three pounds seems fair. Um, so, yeah. He's also really like, not sure whether he might be here or the plate, though. Um, they've got two races inside. He's shorter price for the plate, which makes me feel like he might be going there. But I'm agreeing with you, fast or slow. I, have to say, I saw John Joe Nil um, at the weights launch last week. He was in a bit of a hump about the weights. <laughs> was not happy about a few of them and wasn't particularly... Um, it was slightly reluctant to answer some questions as well. Has anyone ever left the weights launch happy? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Hope you, uh, trainers without horses and that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've enjoyed the the free lunch, but yeah, I I don't think I think he was a little bit put out by them, and you've, you've just got to think that that's probably got something to do with Monberg genius. But I do agree with I, I like this horse; it's extremely progressive. For me, I don't have a correct rambler in in here. I love this race, but there isn't anything that's screaming out for me. But Monbay Genius, um, I agree with you. And also Remastered, I want to forgive his last run. It was definitely too bad to be true. Go back to some of his best form. I think he's better than that. And if, if there is, if there was just his, not his day last time, he's he's better than, than than that. He is quite high up in the weights and he is an older horse now, but he's probably valued at around 14 to 1 um, for me. For... You're not going to have Tom Scudamore there. And, uh, yeah. And that that is a, a loss for... yeah the pipe yard at this time of the season. I it think. is. It's a very good point. David Noonan, you'd imagine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, so that's the ultimate. Anything else from, from anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, just one in the, in the Boodles, uh, Cougar, um, who just was way too free last time but didn't have any cover. Mark Walsh got sort of post on the outside. I don't think he would ride it that way if he could ride it again. Speed mile two on the flat, stays mile five on the flat. You know, a decent 92-plus rated flat horse going hurdles and he looked in his first start like he loved jumping he was mm. really slick he was really quick beat horses rated 109 110 beat them 13 and 18 lengths um fast pace and a bigger field might just mean he can get a bit of cover mm. um and he's still an entire an yeah. entire son of deep impact going into national hunt <laughs> ranks i mean that that makes things exciting for yeah for me yeah it, um, and i think he's yeah just perhaps gone under the radar a little bit and only two pound irish tax which is as we'll go on through the through this pod, fairly low on the Irish tax. And um, underrated trainer as yeah. well, Porter Groach. I yeah. think he's, he's he's when he gets the ammunition, he's very very good with him, isn't isn't he? Wonder with Mark Walsh whether he'll be fit for the festival. I think it's Uncertain. A bit unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, interest some, some great options for some other some other younger jockeys, um, just some of the Irish jockeys, and uh, especially in these colours and JP McManus. He's bought as much as he can, hasn't he, <laughs> to make sure he's going to get at least a winner or two a, a week. Um, and if he, and if you're right, there might be John Bon Epitan and Cougar just on one day. So um, good luck to that team. Okay, so that's our naps. Um, sorry, we'll go to our naps next. We've that's some of our, our handicaps. We're going to do a nap and a next best for every day. So TC, take it away. Yeah, the nap is John Bond in the Arkle. Um, I've already given my, my reason. I think he should be a lot shorter than he is right now, despite the fact he's 13 to 8. I think he's a good thing. Uh, and the next best, I'll stick with Mr. Coffee. But at the 25 to 1 that yeah. we gave him <laughs> back in January, um, I think he's just got a great chance and I want to be taken on the fast. Okay, fine. Brilliant. And for you, Ross? Shift away from you both a little bit. Uh, the nap is <laughs> Guy Ademir. Oh, boom! Like, like the nine daggers. <laughs> I just don't see what beats him. And the next best is Epitant, uh, assuming Marie's Rock goes to the stairs. And assuming she 
goes to the, is supplement yeah. to the mayor's not the yeah. champion hurdle they throw a real curveball <laughs> that would be a that'd be an interesting decision okay for me my nap is marine national i think he's a, a good price for a horse that uh could be far better than um than what well, is a very open looking um supreme and then my next best is Mombeg genius in the ultima i'm intrigued by that horse hope hopefully hasn't gone up too much in the handicap okay on to day two we go of the cheltenham festival hopefully we've given you a few winners from the first day and we can roll quite seamlessly into the Wednesday where we've got some more excellent racing. We're going to begin with the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. Again, fairly wide open, although we've got some good standard of horses and it's good to see that the UK are represented by a genuine grade one winner in the shape of Hermes Alain. And if you listen to some of our other Cheltenham preview podcasts, especially one from the Novice Hurdle division, we talked about Hermes Alain and his price and why essentially TC, why he can't win this race. Why are we trying to find reasons for it to get him beat? Surely he's done everything you want to win a race like this. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hermes Alain, as, as we all know. Uh, I've backed him the last twice tipped him last time up uh, he jumps better than 99 of novices he stays this trip he handles the track he's got the best form but i'm taking him on it's, it seems contradictory doesn't yeah. it um the reason i'm taking him on is because of the price and it's not because he's too short but it's because of this, the disparity between him and goodland hermes Allen's 11 to 4 goodland's 11 to 2 i think there should be closer in the market than they are right now so from a value perspective and betting is all about value um, albeit I know most people just want to find winners yeah. um, from a value perspective I have to tip Goodland I think he's well capable of winning this race I think he's got a high, uh, similarly high ceiling as Hermes Allen yes he hasn't done as much on the track but he's a grade one winner last time up um, was quite impressive I think he's the only horse that can actually throw it down to Hermes Allen in here and I know I know Ross has given me that look with Imperi Pass. And I know loads mm. of people love Imperi Pass. He's been some charity bets in other preview podcasts and, and preview nights. But I think this horse is going to disappoint. I feel like he's a massive hype horse who's done really well in two races so far. But here's the reason. First up when he won. Yes, very visually impressive. Horses he beat. It was a huge field, 20 plus mm. runners. Yeah. Horses he's beat combined since not for 38. Beat nothing. Beat trees. You can win easily. You, you know, you can only beat the horses you're up against, but he beat nothing. Last time up, he beat two handicappers, who were big prices, and two listed class mares. Now he's facing the boys, facing grade one caliber opposition, yet he's the second favorite, seven to two. I think that's a terrible price. I think he's all hype. If he wins, I'm happy to eat my words. Look, he's done nothing wrong on the track, but he's a terrible price. He should be six to one. Okay, so it's the Willie Mullins factor, really, is 100%. It? But then the, if, with that in mind, saying that he's beaten trees, and yeah. Termes Alain hasn't beat tree, beaten trees, he's won grade ones, he has turned up at Cheltenham, he's won here. Yeah. Why can't we be that? Why are we not choosing it? I can't work it out myself either, but I'd like to hear your reasoning and then I'll come to mine. <laughs> My reasoning uh, is literally price only. I will have a saver, as I've touched on before. I have to have yeah. a saver. I know having a saver on the on the favourite just sounds ludicrous, but because I have that loyalty to Hermes Helen and he's the horse to beat, I have to have a saver on him. Maybe he wins. I'll be happy if he does. I'll be cheering for, for your sake anyway. Well, I mean, it was more with this horse, I just... When you're looking through races and you're trying to build a case for a horse, there's mm. no, there's there's not a case against him, but it's, it's really this: we've been there, done that before, brave man's game type of thing. And I know he seems to, seems to be visually, from what I, I haven't seen him in the flesh, a, a more compact horse, more ready for now horse. Whereas brave man's game was always going to be a better chaser. That's not, maybe my 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 kind of thinking is that he his best race was the Chalo and he might be a deep ground horse and a bit like when we come to Brave Man's game in the Gold Cup he's he's reached his ceiling and whereas other horses we don't know if they've reached it yet it, it, yeah that might be my only slight 
query with him. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, I think a lot of people have knocked him through Brave Man's game, and that's absolutely not yeah. two different horses in Completely. two different years and two different races. Um, because there's no Bob Ollinger in in this. No. You know, Bob Ollinger was mm. and a top class Bob Ollinger took Brave Man's game apart. Um, but I look at Hermes Allen form, and you know, Cheltenham beat Music Drive, who's not much cop, and we've all been caught who just looks plain slow and and ran badly last time. The Chalo form, okay, the second you wear it well, won a fairly moderate mare's listed race. Third and fourth have been beaten since. And then people are using the horses that pulled up and were miles back yeah. have boosted the form, but they didn't perform on that day. So, and the ground was desperate. I think he'd be fine on better ground. He's got a nice action, but I just can't have him. Champ Kylie in there is... He made his own running at Cheltenham, uh, Hermes Allen, and got mm. the run of the race. He didn't make all the running in the Chalo, but he was still able to do exactly what he wanted to do at every stage mm. of the race. I'm not sure that's going to happen here. Champ Kylie, I think, will go hard. Um, Goodland, I think, can see the case for him, but he's dropping back in trip, and I just wonder how that's going to play out on a slightly sharper track as well. Um, then Gaelic Warriors in there, but he's going to jump right and come the Goshen line at the, the stands. <laughs> annoy, annoy everyone a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I just really like him pair of pass. He's a slick jumper. He's got bags of pace. I think he looks like, you know, he, he'll stay. Um, I do really like him. I'd be very concerned if I see Paul Town and jocked up on Gaelic Warrior. That would be a real kick mm. in the guts because, you know, he, he knows them both pretty well. Um, but, you know, Gaelic Warrior couldn't win the Boodles last year off, what was it, one two nine? you know, jumping away to his right. Yes, yeah, sure, he's had a bit more experience and a bit more time, but I'd be disappointed if he could beat Empire Pass. And then just going back to the, to the one I mentioned last time, and she still entered, probably will go mares, but Katira, promise you, she's a really, really good horse. She's won egg and spoon races, pulling the cart, giving lumps of weight. Um, you know, she's got an official mark of 128. You could easily make a case that she ran to a mark in the mid-130s last time. Mm. £7 allowance puts her pretty close, and she's yet to come off the bridle. She's 33 to 1. Yeah, she'd be a big old price, it is, depending where she, where she goes. We met, we talked about this point, point on day one podcast about jockey bookings, jockey selections. Paul Townend has got it wrong, got a lot of it wrong at, at the Dublin Racing Festival, and it didn't do any of Willie Mullins' horses any harm. He's, he still won a lot of the races, but the wrong did the wrong horses win the right races or the other way around? I, I just think as you get to Cheltenham, Paul Townend's now got the Dublin Racing Festival information. Yeah. You know, like I'd like to think the more information TC gets about number of times horse runs, the better picture you can make as to what the ideal scenario mm. is for the, each horse. It's going to be the same for Paul Downing. And as Willie likes to say, they'd have turned a few screws, mm. you know, and some screws have been turned and yeah. gone the right way and some will have turned and threaded themselves, so to speak, you know, and won't be what they thought they had left in the tank. So I think he probably when he gets to Cheltenham, he has a better strike rate of picking the right horses. Would you worry about why he didn't go to the Dublin Racing Festival in Perry Pass? No, I think it was just... When you look at his race program, it just didn't suit. And, you know, they can't run everything there. So, no, mm. it's not, not a problem for me. And, and if, if Danny Mullins is on him, I'm not, I'm not going to be Brilliant. worried. But yeah. I just think it would, you'd have to acknowledge that people that know the horse better than I do think he's not as good as another one. Yeah, I think it's really tricky. 
Like if Hermes Alem wins, I obviously wouldn't be surprised. I just think that the Irish form is better. The Irish horses are better in general at this stage than, than the, the UK novices. But we shall see. Um, and Peripass, again, as well for me, I think he possesses a lot of potential. Um, love the way he jumps. Um, I think he's a, he's a better jumper than any of these others. He's only a five-year-old as well. Um, he's got lots of bags of potential and just with the with the genius as well, he can improve him. Um, I'm going to throw out in the pocket and I put in the uh, uh, one of our anti-post previews. I like the idea of him stepping up and trip. I think that's really, really, his run last time for Henry de Bromhead was very eye-catching. He's just a horse at a, at a nice each-way price that will pick up the pieces, I think. I could see him running well um, into the frame um, and I hope that he's going to become a, a better horse as he gets older as well. And the Ballymore does normally produce horses for the future. Um, so um, always a good... Um, informative race as is the next one the brown advisory so we'll move on to this race three mile half furlong um for the brown advisory and got to say it guys my nap of the festivals in this race i absolutely adore jerry clom i think what he did at sandown despite being at the wrong track being with the wrong ground everything not really being right for him he still won and did it in the manner of a horse that is far superior as the others i don't think this is going to be a brilliant brilliant race not too worried about Sir Gerhard. I can't trust really Time Hill. And I think if you can get two to one for Jerry Colon, that's a brilliant price. With me or against me, TC? I am tentatively against you. Tentatively. It's probably the race on the Wednesday that I will sit out, I have to say, because I think Jerry Colon could be the real deal, like you've hinted that he might be. Um, he's seven for seven. You know, he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. But in my opinion, I think that's due to placing rather than raw ability. Maybe he has got the raw ability. Maybe he is exceptional, but um, I think he's been put in the right races so far. Mm. I think he's also pretty damn slow, but you can be slow and win this race. You know, I'm not saying you can't win for sure. Um, why haven't they run to get hard in the stayers, by the way? Right, I'm getting back to this. <laughs> <laughs> back to this. They should be running him in the stayers. They're going here to the Brown Advisory. Look, I love this horse. I'm going to have to put him up, but he's in the wrong race. I think he's the only horse that's capable of beating Jerry Colomb. Or maybe not capable of beating. Maybe the only horse I would bet against Jerry Colomb. Time Hill's too old. He can't win on trends. Yeah, you know, he's got class, but he's not yeah. in or whatever. Um, he should be in the stairs hurdle. Well, yeah, he should be. <laughs> and the real whacker, who's the second favourite, I think, right now, he jumps for phenomenally uh, out in front, but at the same time, he's been winning small field races and just dominating from the front and never seeing another rival in here who'll be taking on. And, you know, I don't think he's good enough. So... I'll probably sit it out, but I'll, I'll have a loyalty balance to the Gerhard because why not? Okay, well, um, Jerry Colomb, uh, yes, placed well, shrewdly done, yeah, yeah brilliantly judged. They so they wanted to separate him from possibly Mighty Potter for the Dublin Racing Festival, hence why he went to Sandown with a real worry and concern about the ground. And it probably will be probably on the quickest side for him again, but I think his natural ability gets him through. I just love this horse. As you say, seven from seven, he's just been phenomenal as a as a chaser. And I can't see I can't see why not. And he's got the Irish form as well as the beating of the best of our British horses. So no, disagree. Oh my <laughs> your, goodness! Your best of the week. He, I don't. I don't lay. He'd be my lay of the week. No. Wow, I like it. I like Big, it. Big, heavy topped horse. Like if the rain comes, this changes this race completely. And I'd be absolutely with you. We should talk about that, by the way. The, the forecast, because everyone's yeah. saying it's going to be quick ground or relatively quick, but the weather forecast is looking pretty grim. Obviously, Cheltenham does tend to be good to soft uh, for the first couple of days of the festival, but it, this could be soft ground, but it could be good ground. Like we don't really know. At this point. Yeah, it's already watered, so it's a big task for that clock, of course, mm. to make sure he gets it perfect. It's an unenviable job. Um, 
I don't think it matters really, though, for the ground for this horse. Big, heavy, <laughs> big, heavy top horse on a sharp track coming down that hill at Cheltenham on good ground. Um, he beat Balco Coastal two lengths last That's time. true. You know, I, and he wasn't on the bride. He wasn't cantering away. And I know there's plenty of chat that Balco Coastal, Nicky Henderson's quite sweet on him for the for the Turners. This is a pretty poor race. Mm. Um, Jerry Colomb, you know, they're all in a, on form lines. They're all in there. So who's beating him? Who's better well, than Jerry Colomb in this race? I think Real Wacker is a better jumper. Yeah, uh, I agree. And he stays, but the, the race he won over three miles was pretty moderate. Um, Thunder Rock, I, I, you know, he got a poor ride at Charlton when rallying very quickly <laughs> no. up the hill behind, you love that behind Real Wacker. Beaten by who last Beaten time? Beaten by Jerry Colomb last time. And he definitely, <laughs> no, Thunder Rock definitely didn't handle Sandown for certain. Right. Um, but he's 12 to 1. He was 33 to 1 when I first mentioned him. I still think he's got a chance. He'll love the hill at Cheltenham. Um, and then there's James de Burley, who was really disappointing last time. But then you look at it, I think there's every chance he just bounced last time after a big effort, after 660 odd days off. Um, yeah, behind Mighty Potter last time. But if he comes back to what he did on his first run, which was massive over fences and the best of his hurdle form, he is the most talented horse in the race. He made a bad mistake early on in that race last yeah. time, didn't he? Yeah, and then Nick just could never get back into it, yeah. and I think mm. just ran below himself. He's 14 to 1. That's that's the bet, I think. She's not had a, the perfect prep in. A lot of these horses haven't had the perfect prep in. I think the Real Wack is the only one that I would be more concerned about. They could go to the Gold Cup, though. And just go for it because I don't know if Patrick Neville will have many horses in this shape. I think that'll be a poor move, personally. Mm, so do I. Possibly. I still think Jerry Colomb is better. And anyway, I'll just hold a stick to my guns with it. I'm disappointed that there's a, there's bizarre cases made against him, but <laughs> I will, I'm, I, he is right at the top of my list. Um, and let's see, let's see what happens come um, Brown Advisory Day. But for me, Jerry Colomb, sit, Sitting out of it, tentative Sagerhard selection yeah. in James Burley and Thunder Rock for Ross. Let's see who will be laughing after the Brown Advisory on the Wednesday. We'll move on to the Champion Chase, another wide open championship race. Uh, a race that I think we could all have agreed at the start of the year. A lot of our preview podcasts and Jameen at the world at his feet. And he, well, we'll get opinions on whether he disappointed or whether we. Or, or what it was the last time, but he was beaten. He was beaten fair and square. He didn't look like the same energy mean. And Ross, you know horses very, very well. And they they put it down to the fences and the, the new white markings on the fences. Willie Mullins has now redesigned his whole yard with the, the white markings. Do you think that's a good enough excuse? Yeah, uh, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it really is. You know, it's coming into spring now. I'll have a black toe at some point now in spring because one of the broodmares will stand on my feet because the bluebells have popped up and they weren't there yeah. the day before. You know, they do yeah. notice these things. Some horses just don't. They go around in the world of their own and some really notice. His jumping, which is normally an asset, was not an asset last time. I don't think it was a great ride. Um, and he was beaten much further than he needed to be beaten because he made a very bad mistake at the last. But he made a very bad mistake at the last because Paul was slightly panicking and trying to find something that wasn't there yeah. to land running and, he looked panic and pull it out of the fire. Um, and then once he landed from the last and realised that he'd, you know, nearly put him on the floor, he sat quietly and just cantered up the hill. So the, the winning margin doesn't doesn't matter. It's proved that he's vulnerable. Um, and then you go back and you think, well, the the, the big line of form that we judge Enigamino on is that he ran Shishkin to such a short distance. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and that was a brilliant run. And then you see what Shishin's done since and that he's not really a two-miler. And then you start to question, well, actually, is Enigamine as good as we all thought? But then you go back through his back form and he's beating decent horses by massive margins. So I think he he is. I started to pick this race apart to oppose Enigamine that came through full circle back to him. Gentleman to me, I hope Mark Walsh is back because he's a, a likable rider and a nice guy. But if Danny Mullins rides gentleman to me, that for me, that's an advantage. This is a horse made for Danny Mullins. You know, that he can just sit against him, find a breather. It was a big improved performance last time. Um, and he has beaten Edward Stone before Aintree, mm. but I think Edward Stone ran below himself. So it's a, it's a, a, a less of a, a, a gimme for Enigamine than we perhaps thought all the way through the season. Ed Jeet is improved, but has got great rides. I, I think Enigamine's going to win. One I just mentioned at a massive price is Finneman to Savola mm-hmm. because there is a chance that they all just go a bit too fast because Ed Jeet wants to go forward. Gentleman to me will be free. Enigamine's going to be ridden more forward. They're definitely not going to. They'll have Edward Stone behind them this time, not in front of them. Um, and I think Edward Stone will be a little bit closer as well this time because I think. Tom Cannon probably was a bit too cool last time. If that combines to create an overly hard pace, Funibus Savola will probably be a fence behind at the top of the hill and he could just run past very tight horses into a place at, yeah. a, at a big old price. Okay, I think now that well, essentially this is going to be the most fascinating tactical, tactical yeah. affair of the week, we know from the Clarence House chase last time what a, what a mess it really all sort of became. And as you say, Hitch perfect ride by Nal Houlihan and edited Jajit. Can he do it again? Do they know, you know, he's how? He's done it twice. He's done it twice, but the, the, the jockeys will figure that out. Obviously, Energy Mean, probably um, Paul Town and kind of under, definitely underestimated Edit Jajit and yeah. followed Edward Stone around a bit and then panicked. So I can't work out how it's, I'm fascinated to know how it will pan out, but I'm happy to, for that reason, to stick with Edited Jajit if he can do it again. And at least, even if he, wasn't to win, I th- think he still could be right up there because of the way that he can control races. What do you think? Yeah, I think you'll know your fate with him after a, a couple of furlongs. If he's taken on and they're going ridiculously hard up front, then maybe he just fades back through the pack and has run like he does in a couple of times in handicaps when he's taken on up front. But last time out, he was really good on the front end um, when he just gets to set his own speed and not get hassled. So he is a player, but I'm sure that Energamine and Edward Stone now know well, the horses don't, but connections yeah. know that he's now a big threat. So they'll make sure that he's uh, not given such an advantage. I'm sadly on an ergamine at even money. Now, I say sadly, the sadness isn't derived from the fact I'm on an ergamine because <laughs> I think he still wins. He's the most logical winner. But the sadness is that I've got even money and it's now 15 to 8. So I've jumped the gun. I got that wrong. The values wasn't there when I thought it was. But then I thought he was going to win the Clarence House. And if he mm. won the Clarence House, he would be 4 to 7 because he would confirm form with Edward Stone. Um, and Edward Stone would be a bigger price. He'd be a shorter price. I think he wins the race. I think he jumps a lot better. I think he travels a lot better. I think he's given a better ride. I think he's the best horse. But I, I missed the value. Fine, that's fair enough, and that can happen. I think we all, we're everyone, you know, that's why I went off at four to nine. The Clarence House, yeah. we all thought he was going to win that, and yes, they 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 can, they they're going to learn a lot from it, aren't they? And it actually doesn't do horses that, that much harm, like we know with Shishkin, as you said, it doesn't do it much harm when they do get beat to make sure it's right for Very, the best, the biggest day. Doesn't fracture their confidence. We should just say though. Uh, the flooring porter, we go in the SBK chat group, the flooring porter <laughs> yeah. scenario, you know, they know what's going to happen. They won't let it happen again. Well, you know, TC and his red-faced emojis, you know, they did yeah. it last year, didn't they? So yeah. it's not an absolute given that Nahulahan can't ride the race he wants to ride. Well, thank you. You've made my case for it's me. True. 
And, you know, you don't want too much egg in your face when you think, how can we not learn from, you know, we're meant to be watching races and reading it and learning what's going to happen. I just, you've got to slightly put your faith if you're Enigamine fans in, you know, Willie Mullins and Paul Tannen nailing, nailing their tactics and obviously is jumping as well. Mm -hmm. But there's just too many... Too many uncertainties for me. And Edith G has been nothing but phenomenal. And considering a horse that couldn't win a grand annual last year is now here as up there in, in a champion chase. It's a phenomenal story. Um, and again, great for racing. So champion chase, energy mean for Ross and TC. And I'm going to um, throw a bit on Edith um in a really fascinating renewal. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, we'll keep going. We'll go on to the champion bumper next. I think this is... A race that yeah, they're a bit of a much of a muchness, aren't they? They've all they've all done everything right, essentially coming into this. So that's why they're in the champion bumper. Uh, Willie Mullins will dominate it as we, as he always does. Great to see John Kylie here with a horse that's unbeaten as well, a son of Muhara. Um, but then it's basically your pick of Willie Mullins and, and Gordon Elliott's, or is it Ross? Uh, I think perhaps not this year. Oh, you know, normally it's a Willie Mullins benefit isn't it and gordon occasionally gets ill in the act mm. i think it's nonsense for anyone to be trying to tip a willie mullins trained horse for this because if willie mullins doesn't know who his best bumper horse is we've got no yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah. it would be no surprise if willie mullins has the first six home but equally given that they've not yet found the real superstar i'm more encouraged to look at other trainers and horses it's not normally a race i'd look at because it's just willie mullins i, I mm. tend to leave it alone as a as a betting medium so just two that i like as types and i'll follow them forward after however they run in this favor and fortune of alan king's gorgeous big strong horse travels really well and showed a change of gear off the turn at warwick and mm -hmm. very quickly had that one and stayed on powerfully and he did that under a penalty i always think horses that win a bumper under a penalty are above average because it's not easy to do um, and then Encanto Bruno, John McConnell's horse, has course form, looked very raw. So it's a slight concern he's not run since, because I'd kind of like to have seen him get a bit more experience on the course because he kind of runs around a bit. But if they've been able to iron out those kinks and if he took a little bit from that race, I think he's one not to be underestimated. At, at big prices, but not a race I'm mad keen to wade into. Yeah, not, not really Alan King to have champion bumper material type horses no but... and it wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't run you know but mm. if he does he's a he's a really nice animal okay favor and fortune one to maybe not for now but for the future anyway um and then come to bruno did you yeah, just say that Encanto sorry bruno. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry uh, and encounter bruno and um, the john mcconnell um yeah as as i said there's no there's no appreciate it at, at his peak and Sir Gerhard and that likes what and Voyelen in here which makes me feel like you can sort of forgive some horses at, at bigger prices and potentially you know look what Patrick Mullins decides to ride mm. he probably will ride the one that he bred fun 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 not sure she definitely yeah, might not run bit, yeah it'd be a bit hard overhead as well I mm -hmm. think yeah the, the one they really liked was the um Chapeau de Soleil horse in the in yes the, um Rich Richie Rich, well, no, the stat, the stat, the colours. They had one win the other day, a big, yes. slow sort of looking oh. horse, and and he's not going to run. Running. And they were talking about how he was probably top of the order, and then you start to think, well, what have they mm. got there? Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it, it's a, it's a minefield for me. Yeah, it it, it is toasty. I completely agree. Hence why, and Shepard Tassilo is a horse that I I am going to actually put up because I think you know he was I think half the price 
before he got beaten last time. But we know there are horses that have been beaten. Fernie Hollow, Champagne Fever, all been beaten and gone on and won this race. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. It's actually helped the price. So I'm happy to go with him. But it's not really a race I'm going to get too involved in. Are you? No. Um, I previewed this race a couple of weeks back on bettingdog.sbk.com and um, I was doing a race by uh, runner-by-runner analysis. A Dream to Share was the horse I thought was the most mm. solid in the race. Being recently purchased by J.P. McManus, unbeaten in three. John Kiley knows how to win grade one bumpers he did it back in 2000 as well like he's been at the top for a, a long time but he's got obviously limited stock compared to Willie Mullins Gordon Elliott etc etc um, I thought he was really good last time out I think he handles all kinds of ground good ground would be perfect but I think he handles any kind of give Chapeau de Soleil is the talking horse has been ever since I think you mentioned it to, to us mm-hmm. off air on one of the podcasts <laughs> and unfortunately disappointed first time up but um, they clearly like him if he goes off a big price like 16s I doubt he will but if he does then I'll, I'll have a bet on him as well yeah, I think uh, it's it's a bit of a muddle and a bit of a mess, but I do think jockey bookings will be really, really crucial, especially from Willie Mullins' perspective. Um, but it, yeah, it's it, we'll see, champion bumper. I'd better days ahead. Um, Matt, Jamie Codd, likely to ride. I, he's another one. It's it's open, and I hope that um, you can get some good price for it. And I think Chappard de Soleil, if Patrick's on board as well, but I'm willing to back him now and Patrick to get on and then the price crash. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that one pans out. Okay, so we've gone from our, our main races. We're going to ask the guys for um, any fancies from the Coral Cup, Cross Country, Grand Annual. Um, they're big, big um, betting races as well. But before we do so, the Coral Cup, this was a, a great race last year and SBK was best priced on all 28 races last year. And that was highlighted by Commander Fleet in last year's Coral Cup. If you had £10 on him last year, you would have won £500 of Bet365, William Hill, Skybat and Paddy Power. But with SBK, you would have won 1000 So that's double, double um, back um, then compared to the to some of the biggest rivals. So let's see if we can do it again. The Coral Cup, I love this as a betting race. Have you got a selection, Ross? Uh, no, I don't think it's quite taken shape yet. Um, but I do like Bally Adam. He ran well off 144 in the county last year. And he was hampered on the turn um, and, mm. and didn't have the smoothest run. And, and that was a big run. Mm off the back of having done absolutely nothing for for a good number of runs. Um, he looked like he stayed well up the hill, so this trip should suit. And then it was a big run, I thought, behind Gaelic Warrior last time. Again, over two miles, Dublin Racing Festival, step up in trip. Uh, and his half-brother, Legal Eyes, was a three-mile winner. So there's a suggestion he should stay this trip. Okay. Okay, so Coral Cup, any of the other, from the other races? Uh, Gra- on Grand Annual. Um, there's three on the shortlist in the Grand Annual. Final orders... It's just been a winning machine for Gavin Cromwell. Yeah. Um, only gone up a pound in the Irish tax. And he was a four-length winner at Leopardstown last time. Jumping the last, you wouldn't say anything was going to win that four lengths. He mm. really, and he didn't jump the last all that well. He was in quite tight, but got down and, and quickened away. I think he's still on a winning mark. Grey Diamond, I think, I think that Cheltenham form's looking good. You know, Amaros has won since. Fugitive has up to 149 now and one since yeah. and then one at a bigger price a bit more sort of mad miller-ish is sizing sizing <laughs> yeah, we were waiting for this yeah, size, size, <laughs> but you say for you yeah he's an old boy yeah um he's run pretty well over hurdles since uh, the pipes bought him five lengths behind uh tolworth winner tamuras gets to run off a mark of 140 now in a two-mile chase mm-hmm. just thought that could be a bit of a pipe plot throwback job but it's speculative, but it's a big price. Okay, so three for the Grand Annual Final uh, Orders, Grey Diamond and, and Sizing Potsy and uh, Bali Adam for the, the Coral. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, 
some interesting horses and the weights have been interesting, but those those ones are probably still well in. Um, right, TC, anything for us? Yeah, just one from the Coral Cup, San Salvador. He's currently 43 uh, in, in the race card and only 26 runs. So he'll need a few to drop out, but that's highly likely. Mm -hmm. Hopefully enough dropouts so that he does run in this race, though he has got entries in two other handicaps. So that's worth noting. However, I'm pretty sure Joseph O'Brien's been prepping him for a, a spring handicap hurdle like mm -hmm. this, the Coral Cup. He's run twice this year both pre-Christmas. Uh, first time up, he would have beaten a Gordon Elliott trainee called Rianne, who's higher up the market. But he walked through the, the last hurdle. And I mean, literally walked through it. He had a walking kind of trot stride. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, poor technique, but he would have won otherwise. And then last time up, he would have bolted up if the second wasn't in the field. I think the front two pulled about 25 lengths clear in a big field handicap. The second's also running in the race, shorter price. So I think San Salvador's uh, a decent bet. He's around 16 to 1 right now for the Coral Cup. Well treated off a mark of 138 as well. Um, good ground would be preferable, but let's hope he gets in. How much did you say that he was put up by the... I don't. I think it's four pounds. Yeah, I think that's been around about the same for all of them. The yeah. same for my selection in the race. HMSC has gone, gone up four pounds. Average four point four. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So obviously, the, it's 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 changed for some of the novices as well, hasn't it? So it's just made it's made a bit of a difference. Um, I. I have a similar sort of type of horse, an HMSC horse for the Coral Cup, who I think has been planned out for this for a long time. He's only got one entry, Paul Nolan, true, true man. He's gone up four pounds. Um, he was a very pretty high standard flat horse, right, 99. Uh, he showed that he can jump. He's a very strong traveller, which I really like um, for a race like the Coral Cup. And he's around about 10 to 1. I wouldn't really want it any shorter than that. But I think that, and he's probably just a little bit too high as well, gone up 4 to one four three. But I do really like his profile. And that could be said the same for another Sam Thomas horse, who I think would deserve a Cheltenham Festival winner this year. Um, good risk at all. Love this horse. He's coming out of greater company, back into handicap company. Um, he can he can stay well. He might just want it a touch softer. Yeah, if the rain comes. I think if the rain comes, he's a he's a very very nice horse. Hope maybe Sam Tristan Davis on him. He gets a really good tune out of him. So those are the two for the Coral Cup for me. Okay, um, we're getting to the end of day two. So as always, with all of our days, we've got a nap and next best. So Ross, you're first. Nap is James de Burley in the brown. <laughs> going to be Jess's good thing, and the next best is in pair a pass. Brilliant. Are you sure about that? Yeah. yeah sure okay. about the next best. Uh, Locking it in. Not for two there. Yeah. Move on. Okay. Move, move <laughs> simply on. Right. Um, we've only got to day two. It's already got wacky. Right. Okay. On to, on to Tom's. Uh, Energum in the champion chase. I think he's a solid uh, banker of the day. And then San, San Salvador in the Coral Cup if he gets in. Okay, well, my nap, as I made quite clear earlier, is Jerry Colomb, um, and in the Brown Advisory, and my next best will be HMS Seahorse in the Coral Cup. 